Welcome to Think Again with L. Nathan Hare, sponsored by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. If you would like to participate on today's program, call now, 803-1520. That's 803-1520. All right, here we go. Think again. Think again. Welcome to our Top of Discussion program, sponsored by the Community Action Organization of Western New York, still fighting the war on poverty, now in our 55th year. Uh, each week we talk to you about issues, events, and trends affecting you right here and right now in Buffalo and the Western New York community, and in fact, connect you to communities all across the country. I'm your host, L. Nathan Hare, President and CEO of the Community Action Organization. Make us a part of your Saturday every Saturday at ESPN, ESP, ESPN, ESPN 1520 AM on your dial from 11 o'clock to 12 noon each week. Today's program, of course, is live, so you can call in to join our discussion if you will. Our number here again is 803-1520. That's 803-1520. Of course, uh, welcome back to you, the audience. Uh, we had a, a break in the program because UB, undefeated UB, uh, was having a game last week and uh, they won, and that kept them uh, ahead in their uh, their conference. And as I understand it, I just th- I think I just heard on the ra- on, on the way down that their game in uh, with Ohio, the University of Ohio, that they were traveling to today. Uh, has been canceled because the uh, a significant number of the Ohio players came down with either COVID-19 or were exposed to people that had come down with COVID-19, and that game is not going to be rescheduled. So UB is going to finish their regular schedule when they play Akron next uh, next Saturday on the on the 12th of this month. Uh, and if they win that, they'll be five and zero undefeated. And there's a possibility they might even be able to get into some kind of a playoff, you know, some, not a playoff, but some bowl game, you know, at the end of the year. So anyway, I uh, just wanted to let you know that that's what was going on. If they do, if they are going to play on Saturday, it may affect our schedule, but we'll let you know hopefully sometime during the course of today's program what's going to go on there. I want to talk a little bit about the pandemic uh, relief bill that's being put before, uh, or not before the uh, the Senate and, and the House yet, but the House and Senate conferees are working uh, with uh, Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary of the Treasury. Uh, to try to come up with a framework on uh, a pandemic re- relief bill that, that will get support from both houses of Congress, and then they hope will get support from the President of the United States. When you go back to the previous uh, relief bill, it was called the CARES Act, uh, there was something like uh, $603 uh, a billion that was uh, put into that act for direct funding to individuals. That was a $1,200 uh, cash payout or whatever they call it, you know, uh, stimulus checks uh, that they sent out. There were the extra uh, unemployment benefit uh, 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 dollars. I think there was uh, roughly $600 per person. I'm not, I think it was like $260 billion was put into that portion of the fund. And there was even some money for helping people with student loans. Uh, there was a bunch of money, about 550 or so billion dollars for the largest corporations uh, in the country. There was money for the airline uh, industry, like $58 billion, uh, money for small businesses, a little bit less than $400 billion. There was money for state and local governments, but that money was not something that state and local governments could use to close their, their revenue gaps. They can only use that money to cover costs that were incurred as a direct result of the COVID-19 pandemic. So that was money you could spend on uh, personal protection equipment. It was money you could spend on uh, increasing your ICU beds or other beds that had to be created uh, so you could have space uh, to take care of the uh, COVID-19 patients. It was uh, money that you could use for 
uh, other kinds of expenses that were associated uh, with the uh, COVID-19. So in reality, a lot of that money has not been spent. I think something like a uh, half of that $339 billion that was in the state and government loan program. And it was interesting that money was allocated not as uh, grants to states uh, and localities. That money was only uh, uh, appropriated as loans. So that means that the states and local governments, municipalities, have been building more and more debt uh, over the course of this year. Not only were they incurring the debt of taking on all of these COVID-19 expenses that did not exist before, but they're also uh, faced with uh, not having earned the same revenue from state uh, uh, income taxes and from uh, uh, property taxes. So this has created this huge bubble of debt that sits over states and counties uh, and cities uh, that no one seems to be talking about how that's going to get addressed. Uh, I refer to this as borrowing from the future. See, when, when, when you borrow something uh, on an installment plan, you have revenue that you know you're going to be getting in the the future, and you're going to pay you're going to pay what you bought today off in pieces from your net revenues from the revenue that's going to come to you over the course of the following months or years. But that's not what's going on here. This is money that you are spending today that you don't know that you're going to have the revenue tomorrow to be able to pay for that money because the revenue that, that, that you have right now isn't paying for the bills that you're incurring right now. We were facing a $1.1 trillion deficit in this year before the pandemic. So if we can't count on the revenue that, we're, that, that, that we know exists to be able to pay off the bills that we're incurring right now, how can we possibly expect that there's going to be revenue tomorrow that will pay for tomorrow's expenses and pay this 3.3, you know, $4.3 trillion in new debt that we've incurred for this year? So that's something that has to be uh, uh, thought out. But I went to an article written by uh, Laura Olson, uh, uh, Washington at a standstill crisis builds states face loss of federal aid. And uh, uh, Steve Mnuchin is, is discussed in an article written by uh, Niv Ellis, uh, Federal, uh, Federal Reserve to return $455 uh, billion in unspent COVID-19 emergency funds. It's in the Hill magazine. And Mnuchin, and I think I got three minutes. Yeah, Mnuchin, uh, Secret, uh, Secretary of the Treasury, on Thursday asked the Federal Reserve to shut down five of the COVID-19 uh, relief programs that were being used by the Federal Reserve uh, to guarantee overnight loans, to guarantee uh, loans in the uh, 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 primary, um, what do they call it, the, uh, the, the primary funds uh, market, uh, what they refer to as Federal Reserve's reserve facilities, um, that he wanted to take that money out, put that money back into the federal, the, the general fund, and then this $908 billion uh, uh, corona, I think I just saw now the primary market corporate, uh, corporate credit was what I was trying to remember before. Uh, but uh, he wants to have that money put back into the pool as, pan, as new pandemic release, relief money. And therefore, uh, the amount of new money that's actually going to be allocated from the bill being negotiated between uh, the House, the Senate, 
and the Treasury is only going to incur or, or, or generate something like 400 or so billion dollars of new money. The rest of the money is going to be just reallocating money that already existed. I'm concerned about that because you've got this humongous hole uh, created by the states. It's going to be somewhere between $350 billion and $500 billion. And at some point, that bill is going to come due, and somebody's going to have to be willing uh, to pay that bill. Uh, I just want to quickly go to the what I call my pardon, please uh, section of uh, my, my discussion. Five myths about pardons I just think that we, we need to understand. First, the issue that uh, you must be charged and convicted before you can be pardoned, that is not true. That sounds true, but that is not actually true. You don't have to be convicted of a crime. You don't even have to be uh, uh, legally charged with a crime uh, to be convicted. Although, if you're giving a pardon, it clearly implies that you think something is, is in front of you that you would go to jail for if you weren't pardoned uh, for that thing. Um, so I don't want to go through all of the detail on this. We don't have enough time. Second myth is uh, Richard Nixon uh, resigned only after Ford promised uh, him a pardon. They're actually, they actually have a tape of Ford uh, 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 being interviewed or interviewing or being interviewed rather by Alexander Haig. Uh, and it, in that tape, it's clear that Ford had said, I'm not making any commitment to pardon Nixon at all. And two months went by uh, before he actually did the pardon uh, and they were not connected. There was no quid pro quo. Uh, the myth number three, President Obama pardoned Chelsea uh, uh, Manning and Oscar Lopez Rivera. That's not true. He didn't pardon them. He commuted their sentence. Commuting their sentence means they were still convicted of whatever it was they were convicted of. They had already served a part of their sentence. And uh, uh, Bill Clinton just, I mean, uh, President Obama relieved them of the rest of that, uh, th that time to serve. But they still have those convictions uh, on their record. Uh, now, the last thing is myth number five, that the law on self-pardons is clear. It really is not clear. Uh, people say that the Constitution specifically bars the president from using the pardon power to prevent his own impeachment and removal. But those words do not actually exist in the uh, Constitution. That's what people seem to think is there, but it's not actually there. I don't know that that means that uh, President Trump can pardon himself because there is other language in uh, Supreme Court precedent that says that you cannot use the uh, uh, pardon power to benefit yourself. But we'll see how that all works out. So let me get our callers on the phone. Matt, can you help me out? I, let me grab Tony first and Clarence. Tony, how are you doing out there? Hello. Yeah, Tony, can you hear me? Oh, now I can hear you. I okay. don't know what happened. I heard a, a thing. Uh, first of all, let me tell you something. I watch Katie Porter, the congresswoman. Yes, I know who you're talking about. Brilliant. She's a great, great, brilliant, brilliant woman. Yep. Brilliant woman. Yep. She has. Here's the point. When that hero, when the uh, the uh, first act was passed, that was uh, the CARES Act, right? The CARES Act. The deadline, the the deadline on that was December 26. That's the deadline that that mm -hmm. to distribute money. She has reduction right to a space. Is what is the the 26th? What is the 26th of December? And he just looked at her and he said, why are you asking me dumb questions? No, no, you got it confused. Uh, that money, uh, the sunset on that money 
although the, the the way the legislation is written, it's for December 31, they actually right. could hold on to that money until 2026. He yeah, she asked him. I, 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 I meant 2026. Right. I'm yep. sorry. Right. And so when he, he called her, I mean, he insulted everybody at that time. Yep. And he showed you what kind of person he really is. That well, little smiley that. face that he has, he's not that smiley person. <laughs> He's a two-faced liar. That's what he is. Mm. Yeah, that's all he is. Now, you talk about destroying the Pentagon. This president has destroyed the Pentagon. We're taking away all of the people. Uh, for example, the top four people in the Defense Department, he knocked them out of their jobs and replaced them with people who, for all intents and purposes, are party hacks. Yeah, well, there are 20... The person in charge of everything is 34 years old. Yep. And here's the thing. They had put it out. They put it out that will not allow any kind of interaction between the Biden team, their transition team, and the Pentagon. Yeah, for the intelligence uh, uh, portion of the government. They wouldn't let them even talk to the Biden team. Yeah, well, that was just put out. Now, I disagree totally with what you just said about the, the about uh, pardons, okay? Okay. I, just, I disagree in some ways with you, and I'll tell you why. Do you know who Lawrence Tribe is? Yes. Lawrence Tribe was on two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he's, first of all, the, in the Constitution, Section 3 of the school that said he, he's granted power to pardon is the fact that the a chief, that the president is considered to be the chief law enforcement officer of this country. He is to be the chief law enforcement officer of this country. Secondly, the Supreme Court ruled 20, 30 years ago, I can't remember, that if you take a pardon, it means that you're guilty of a crime against the United States government. And that is of a pardon. You cannot. You have. To, you have to accept the fact that the rest of your life, you committed some kind of crime because you're guilty of a crime against the United States of America. I didn't say that. Lawrence Tribe said that. So giving himself a pardon is out of the question. Now, this new bill that they're trying to come up with is five hundred and eight or nine billion, whichever one you want to use. It's a drop in the bucket. Here's why. The states that are going to have to administer all these shots and all this logistics, they're giving in that bill $160 billion of the $509 billion. That's part of what they're being given. That's a drop in the bucket. I, I completely realize that. I guess the thing that, that I'm most concerned about I know that we have to do these things right now in order to keep the wheels on the bus right now. I just need to hear people talking about what we're going to do so that when we get to tomorrow, we can take care of how we pay our bills tomorrow. We're spending money today that's going to have to be repaid tomorrow, but we don't really have a revenue stream that's large enough to be able to pay that bill off because we don't have a revenue stream large enough to pay for the bills that we're incurring right now. Somebody has to start talking like they have some sense. 
We need to back right. off on that uh, uh, tax cut that was given by the uh, Republican Party in December 31 of 2017. Okay. Exactly. Uh, you know what I mean? I mean, we got a lot of that kind of work that has to get done. There has to be some discipline in this process. You can't just yeah. borrow from the future over and over and over again as if the future is never going to show up. The future will show up on January 1 uh, uh, of the, the, the month that follows the month that we're in right now. And those bills are due. So we yeah. got to work th those things out. Tony, we're near the end of our, our, our time for this segment. You got another point you want to make before we go? Tony, did I lose you? All right, great. Let's take our, our first break. Then we'll get back into our subject. We'll see you all on the side of the break here at Think Again. Think Again. Would you like to increase your home's value? Do you want to lower your energy bills? Are you in need of affordable financing for your next home improvement project? The CAO Home Improvement Resource Program can help. Just come to one of their monthly HIRP orientation sessions every first and third Wednesday of the month at two convenient locations. HIRP staff will help identify the resources you need to get financed, and they'll even help you with completing your application. Now, you won't know what you qualify for until you call. 332-3773. That's 332-3773. Learn about all the home improvement programs you may be eligible for and ask about the affordable financing program that can help turn your house into your dream home. Call 332-3773 for more info. It's the Home Improvement Resource Program. Restoring value to neighborhoods across Erie County, one house at a time. Brought to you by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It, it was, was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions, like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, Could, could I, I have EPI? EPI? Brought to you by AbbVie. All day, every day. This is Buffalo's home for ESPN Radio. 50,000 watt ESPN 1420. That was just so apropos because the tax man is coming to see us because that's where the main source of revenue is for the federal government is from uh, personal income taxes. And we're going to have to address that issue at some point in our future. Uh, Tony, if you get a chance to call back, Tony, please do. That We were having a little bit of trouble with your connection, and I couldn't tell if it was on our end or if it was on your end. It seems like it's for certain that it's on your end. So if you call back, uh, Matt's going to talk with you and see if we can work that out. Uh, let me grab, help me out. Is it John? 
Yep, let me grab John. John, how are you doing out there? Hi, Nathan. Great. Um, yeah, I, I think the big problem here with the stimulus is the that we, we have minority rule in this country. You've got mm-hmm. a Senate where uh, 51 out of the 100 senators represent, only represent 30% of the population. Yep. And most of those are uh, small states and southern states. Well, you're being kind because... Yeah. Uh, 81% of the people in this country live in, um, if I'm not mistaken, in, in uh, I think it's 11 states. Yeah. 81% of the population of the country lives in 11 states. That means that uh, 19% uh, of the uh, uh, population lives in, what would that be, 39 states, 38 states. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's so unbalanced or imbalanced, you know, it doesn't make sense. And they've always had the best deal because what's happened is you've got, as they said, 51 of the uh, senators are from states that only represent, well, it's a very small percentage of the population. Anyway, they're so greedy. What it is is that they don't want to take out big amounts of money to support large, larger states. Right. Even though they, for every dollar that people in New York put into the uh, in taxes into the national government, well, we only get back about seventy-five cents. Right. And all and these, especially the southern states, they they they'll put for every dollar they put into the they get uh, like treasury, a buck, <laughs> or maybe uh, even they, two dollars. <laughs> dollar and a dollar and a quarter, dollar and a yep. half back. Yeah. So 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 they so they don't want to pay for. Um, the, the, the costs that big, bigger states run into because bigger states have more people. And so that, 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 it's that greedy attitude of the smaller states that's killing us. You're, you're allowing minority rule here. You're allowing, uh, allowing 51 of these senators to decide uh, what's best for the majority of people in this country. It's terrible. And, and the only way you're going to do this is you've got to get the Senate yep. back. <laughs> in fact, I just got a note on the screen here. Erie County has more population than South Dakota. And while we're on that, Erie County has actually 240,000 more people than the entire state of Alaska. Right. <laughs> this... and, 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 you know, and, and if you, uh, you take North Dakota and South Dakota and put them together, <laughs> they have four senators. That's exactly right. Four senators. And California, right. with 40 million people, has two senators. Yep. It's, it just doesn't make any sense. And this is why... Uh, you're having the stimulus problems. They had no problem at all, these small states, uh, because they were, they, they're dictated, dictated to by the top 1%. And they had no problem at all giving a $2 trillion tax cut to uh, uh, that, where 83% of it went to the top uh, 1%. And 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 uh, they, they don't have any problem with that. And that those people that got that money in that top 1%, they... they um, they never put it back into the economy. They right. put it back into the stock market. They put it back into uh, bonuses. So the only way you're going to overcome this 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 crazy uh, minority government thing is you got to win these elections. And, and the Democrats, you, you have to look at this past election and say it was a disaster for Democrats. The only thing that came out right was getting rid of Trump. That yep. was it. We lost. In but every remember, other, every the, other way the Democrats didn't campaign against Republicans which is what they should have been doing since virtually all of the Republicans, at least the national Republicans, were suck-ups to Donald Trump and went along with every single thing that Donald Trump had been doing. The Democrats should have run against being a Republican per se, not just run against Donald Trump. They should have run against being a Republican because they didn't. 
people said, well, I'm, you know, I don't like Trump, but I like his policies. I like my, my yeah. tax cut. I heard one lady, an older lady, saying, well, I like my 403B, you know, right. and, and that's where people were at. Because the Democrats didn't make being a Republican an issue in and of itself. People voted against Donald Trump, but they voted for the Republican representatives across right. the government. So they ended up, you know, getting half a loaf and not even really all of the half a loaf. So right. you got to be you know, more disciplined, right? If you're if you're a Democrat or progressive, you got to be more disciplined. They come up with with something every election. They come up with something. You go back to the turn of the century, the early 1900s. Uh, the, the the great fear, the, the fear of the other. The other was uh, mm-hmm. uh, European immigrants. And yep. then in the 1920s, the Red Scare. And then in the 1950s, McCarthyism. And the 1980s, it was Law and Order. And um, and John, you know, we don't have too, too much more time, but I just want to, say, to, to to build on your point. It seems to me that the public discussion that we need to be having or some, you know, county to county, borough by borough discussion should be, why do you, from these small states that are rural type states, why do you support the top 1% getting all of these benefits in this country when it doesn't benefit you? What's, exactly. what's the, the common denominator that makes you... <laughs> gay, gay wedding cakes. Why is that such a big issue, you know, for you? Why, why, why are you willing to support these people that actually are pushing policies that are anti your interest? Why are you doing that? And I don't think we can do that right this second, but I think that's a conversation that needs to happen going forward. The Democrats got to do a better job of figuring out what that is and then responding to it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. John, I got to run. I appreciate you, man. Uh, is it Paul? Let me grab Paul real quick in Buffalo. Paul, how are you doing out there? Good, Nathan. How are you? I'm doing great. Good to hear from you. Yep. Good to, good to talk to you. Um, I was made aware of something yesterday that um, kind of concerns me. It, it, it has to do with the test that you have to take now if you uh, want to, you know, come into this country. Mm-hmm. They made it a lot tougher. They've increased the number of questions. And the irony is that a lot of these people who don't like um, particular, uh, you know, brown and black immigrants mm-hmm. probably couldn't pass that test themselves. Right. I would, like to, I would like to see Donald Trump take that test live on national TV. Think about the people that came in through Ellis Island, the people that walked across the border near St. Regis, the people that came in on every single coast along the Pacific and the uh, Atlantic coast who didn't come in through a regular port of entry and just, you know, in in the uh, 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 latter half of the 19th century, the first half of the 20th century, just walked into the country and posted up, got jobs, had kids, and and moved on. None of those people could even speak English, let alone pass, you know, this uh, citizenship test that's being asked of people right now. And I always ask these people, you know, who, oh, they ought to speak English. Well, I always ask them, so how many languages can you speak, speak fluently? Because I'll tell you what, I would have a hell of a hard time learning another language at this point <laughs> in my life. <laughs> Well, they they got some programs, I think, that will help us out with that. <laughs> no, I, I'm entirely with you. It would be it would be a chore, you know, to try to learn another language right now. I can read three languages, but I don't speak any of them very well. Even in high school, I took Spanish, and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. I, I I wasn't proud of how well I did. When's the well- last time you you used your Latin? <laughs> I haven't used my Latin since I was 16. <laughs> Maybe 
when I read something and I had to figure out what it was. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, but, thanks, Paul. I appreciate I, you. I have one more oh, sure, go ahead. Um, I heard a thing. Um, Rudy Giuliani was speaking at a, uh, I don't know, it was a press conference. Uh-huh. He behind him. So uh, Judy really, I mean, Rudy Giuliani uh, broke wind during the press conference. <laughs> he seems like the kind of guy that couldn't control himself and would actually do that in the middle of a very public, you know, uh, event. <laughs> that sounds like him. He's the one that sweated the uh, the dye in his hair uh, going yeah. down his uh, his sideburns, made it look like he was bleeding from his temples or something, right? <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. All right. Be well. Talk to you soon. Help me out. Is it Al? Let me grab Al in Buffalo. Al, how are you doing out there? Oh, I'm just wishing for uh, no snow. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, just keep the temperature about three three degree, d- degrees above where we are right now. We'll be okay. Yeah. I, I don't want to have to climb out, out of my window like I had to. <laughs> and uh, You remember that storm. I do remember. Yeah. I've lived here all my life. You know I remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So how did we come from an economic, uh, an economic uh, recovery under a, under a Democratic president to a Republican subprime mortgage scandal that basically erased $11 trillion in shareholders' wealth to a complete meltdown under another Republican administration? Because the Republicans— to authorize the Defense Production Act—I'm sorry, the, the, the uh, Defense Production Act— Mm-hmm. And not follow the procedures outlined in the 69-page right. playbook. Because that, the Republicans that, told you that the Obama administration wasn't good enough because in the eight years they were in office, even though the economy grew from uh, uh, right. February of 2010 every but, month from but, that point on. From fiscal year 2009. Right. You know, the economy grew, but Obama's that wasn't good enough. It was in the, in, the, in the teeth of the recession. Right. right? It, it was too slow a growth. Even though it was the worst recession we had had since 1929, it was, it was too, too slow. It was like a world economy that was on a brick of a collapse. Right. Right. Exactly. But that was, that was too slow a recovery. So now we get Donald Trump who builds on the recovery that's already well underway when he comes into office in 2017. But don't forget, you had the, you had the uh, professional left out there. They, they wouldn't have been satisfied. Yep. I mean, if you yep. gave them a pony, yep. I mean, they, they would pick on the pony for not being radical enough. We are so, the, the, the progressives in this country are so uh, good at making the, the perfect or making the good the enemy or the, the perfect the enemy of the good. They do that all the time. They always yeah. go, they, they want everybody to be all in on just one thing, perfectly done this particular way. And they wind right. up making so many people, you know, anxious and angry about it that and they lose they the, and the, the, right. the problem is, is that, that they got this, uh, like, I want to pass go, collect $200, and here at Boardwalk and Park Place, obtain a get-out-of-jail-free car with one roll of the dice. Mm-hmm. It, it's just not. It's just not logical. Right. Under President Obama, the national deficit was cut by nearly two thirds, and it was falling. He, he, he got the note down close to a half. A, yeah, half a trillion dollars a year. Right. Right. And, and uh, of course, Donald Trump comes in, and a note goes from there to, to seven hundred, from there to eight hundred. Now we're at, uh, for this year before the pandemic. Pandemic, we were on a path for one point one plus trillion dollars in deficit, and then we add. Two or three trillion dollars on top of that one one trillion dollars. So we're going to be three or four trillion dollars in the hole for this year. Right. 
Right, right. But yeah, as Matt says, deficits are only deficits when it's it's a Democratic administration. When they're Republican administrations, I guess they're they're business expense uh, investments. <laughs> right. I, I remember I remember watching C-SPAN, and I remember uh, Biden was a good coalition builder. He got the first time homeowners mm-hmm. credit uh, to the president's desk. He was able to. I mean, between Harry Reid, Nancy Pelosi, and 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 Biden, and mm-hmm. and the for, uh, president forty. For they were able to get that that you know where they could weatherize one million homes per right, year, right? Increasing solar power by twenty five hundred percent, passing the uh, the FDA Modernization Act, the Wall Street Reform Act, Credit Card Reform Act. Remember, remember we got the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Yep. It, I, I mean. You know, raising fuel efficiency standards. But for it, it wasn't oil. enough. It wasn't enough. It, you know, we it, had it to get tidal wave. Enough. We needed tidal wave electricity. You know, we needed. You know, they, they just. It, I, I'm with Andrea Ocasio, or Alexandria Ocasio, or, or Cortez in terms of their aspirations for the Green uh, New Deal, but my position is that you have to get as much as you can get right now. Lock it in, make it routine, then try to get more of what you want. Lock that in. But right. if you try to get everything that you want all at one time, you you always end up with nothing. You, you end up getting just, nothing. It's right. just called self-aggrandizing. But anyways, you know, that, that, that Recovery and Reinvestment Act, that, that, that had to, you had to get bipartisan support for that. Right, right? exactly. So how would you, you got to give and take a little bit, but, the, but, but well, let me tell the you what idea... the, let me tell you what the Republicans did for, to get that, uh, uh, the, uh, a, 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 whatever you call it, the American uh, uh, Recovery and, and Reinvestment Act, to get that yeah. bill passed in 2009. In order to get that done, they had to put in, Obama and Biden came up with the idea of the Toxic Asset Recovery Program. The reason why that was so important is because you had all of these banks that were on the hook for all of this bad debt that they had they had allowed to occur. But it was it it originally started under Bush, but it was caught that was but then under the Obama administration they started doing the the stress testing of the banks. But what they did it, they actually turned that into something that made eighty seven billion dollars net money profit uh, for the Obama administration. Right. My God. I, I I wish everybody else thought like you, you know. I mean we, we we're never going to get. Let's face it. They're they're like you said. They're the, the Democrats are lousy at, at 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 you know pounding their chest. They they need to be a little more braggadocious. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? I agree absolutely. You got to act like you mean it. Act like you want it. Act like you're proud of it. Stop whining about it. Stop trying to convince people that can't be convinced anyway. Convince the people that are convincible. And the other people will either come along or they'll just have their mouths poked out. That's the only way you can go. You can't try to please everybody and then end up not pleasing anybody. You just can't do it that way. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Take care, Al. Should we take our last break? Let's take our last break. Then we'll get Ron on and we'll get Donnie on. If you all stick with us, we will see this out of the break. Here we think again. Think again. Would you like to increase your home's value? Do you want to lower your energy bills? Are you in need of affordable financing for your next home improvement project? The CAO Home Improvement Resource Program can help. Just come to one of their monthly HIRP orientation sessions every first and third Wednesday of the month at two convenient locations. HIRP staff will help identify the resources you need to get financed, and they'll even help you with completing your application. Now, you won't know what you qualify for until you call. 332-3773. That's 332-3773. 
Learn about all the home improvement programs you may be eligible for and ask about the affordable financing program that can help turn your house into your dream home. Call 332-3773 for more info. It's the Home Improvement Resource Program, restoring value to neighborhoods across Erie County, one house at a time. Brought to you by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. Buongiorno. Buongiorno. Buonasera. Buonasera. How can I make the most of waiting for my next big vacation? Translate your questions into goals by investing with Merrill Edge Self-Directed. It's more accessible than you think, with helpful planning tools plus free online stock and ETF trades. So you can keep practicing your pronunciation. Merrill, a Bank of America company. Visit MerrillEdge.com slash reach to get started today. Investing involves risk. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner, and Smith Incorporated. Registered broker-dealer member of IPC. Other fees may apply. Investment products are not FDIC insured or not bank guaranteed to may lose value. Microband 24 protects against Staphylococcus aureus and Enterobacter aerogenes bacteria, but does not provide 24-hour protection against viruses. Every time you touch a surface, you leave behind bacteria. To keep surfaces sanitized all day, use Microband 24 Sanitizing Spray. Spray on hard surfaces to kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria initially, including the virus that causes COVID-19. Once dry, Microband 24 Sanitizing Spray is effective for 24 hours on bacteria when used as directed. All day, every day. This is Buffalo's home for ESPN Radio. 50,000 watt. ESPN 1520. I don't know what they have to say. It makes no difference anyway. Whatever it is, I'm against it. No matter what it is or who commenced it, I'm against it. Your proposition may be good, but let's have one thing understood. Whatever it is, I'm against it. And even when you've changed it or condensed it, I'm against it. This this is the, the Mitt Romney. This is the Mitt Romney theme song. You know, if you propose it, I mean, uh, uh, Mitch McConnell theme song. If if you propose it, I'm against it. Anything you propose, I'm against. Right? It's it's like the Affordable Care Act. And we talk about this all the time. That was Mitt, Mitt Romney's signature thing that he did in Massachusetts. It was his thing. Right? The uh, and it was Bob Dole's plan, right? So this was a Republican construct in the first place. And you would think that the, uh, it, with the Democrats going with that kind of a program nationally, they would be okay with that. But they turned around and attacked their own plan. So no matter what you say, if you're a Democrat, no matter how middle of the road you, know, you, you go, uh, Mitch McConnell and his crew are just going to say what the, what the song said. I'm against it, right? Let me grab Ron in uh, in Chitawaga and get his thoughts. Ron, how are you doing out there? Latina Morta S. There was a high school Latin teacher. Kids used to, when they say, do she was around, they'd yell it to each other. Hey, Joe, Latina Morta S. For the uninitiated, that means Latin is dead. His Latin is dead, that's right, because you know that we went through that, right? <laughs> and then as soon as we learned it, we threw it out of our heads entirely. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, anyway, as far as Giuliani uh, uh, flatulating, he's, he likes, he's a good Italian boy. He likes all that uh, spicy Italian food. <laughs> <laughs> he <laughs> said what goes that. in must come out. It's, yeah, yeah. it's the new law. <laughs> <laughs> you think you'd be able to hold it a little bit. Anyway, but, uh, uh, okay, uh, something that hasn't been talked about an awful lot here. Uh, you hear these guys, and, and <coughs> there's a couple of Republican state legislatures, but most notably, Michael Flynn calling for 
the suspension of the Constitution, martial law. law, and the military to hold an election. Yep. I mean, God. Uh, and I mean, how crazy. does a guy like that say something like that? And ninety-nine percent of all Americans are not up in arms that this guy could claim himself to be an American and talk like that, say something like that. Why aren't 99% of Americans up in arms about that? I mean, it's hardly getting a lot of media coverage. I, I, MSNBC talked a little about it and some of the, the Pacifica and stuff like that, but uh, it, it, that it's even still not being given a lot. I just have this nightmare that sometime between when the Electoral College certifies the election, well, when they when they vote, and then when the Congress sort of that Trump is going to get on there, or he's—I think it's like a trial balloon. He's going to get on there and say, you know, that the uh, the uh, peaceful means have run out. It's now time for my supporters to come out and <laughs> arm themselves. I mean, I'm, this is not a joke. It, it, I'm I'm very concerned he's going to pull this. Well, I was he concerned no he was going to convince these re- Republican uh, governors and their uh, uh, secretaries of state to not seat the delegates that uh, should have been seated with Joe Biden when he won the delegates in that state, his slated delegates uh, to the uh, Electoral College were supposed to go, but they're, they're actually sent on the signature of the governor of the state. What happens if the governor of the state decides, I'm not going to send Biden's delegates, I'm going to send Trump's delegates, even no, though... There'd be court battles at the state level, and he doesn't seem to be winning many court battles. Mm-hmm. But as I say, that but still bothers me that what they they might try to do now. They, they, the Randy Rhodes played around like last Tuesday. Played uh, when Trump uh, won in 2016. There was an attempt to try to delay this congressional certification, and I think it was a lot stronger case. Not that you were, it was going to be done, but mm-hmm. uh, the Democrats tried to stop it in the House by saying, "Look at the interference we had from Russia." And, you know, should this be certified? Shouldn't we uh, investigate this for a while? Well, they had several people in the House, but they couldn't, as Randy Rhodes said, they couldn't find anybody in the Senate dirty enough that would have pulled this, you know. (laughs) Right. Good word. Will the Republicans be able to do that? Because they're going to do the same thing. Uh, And uh, will they get one senator? If they get one senator, then it becomes they have to take at least two hours to discuss it. And who knows where that's going to wind up after that. Yep. Yeah. So these are these are things you got to worry about, and and I say if if that fails, I mean I can still see him. He is just uh, a pig head in enough, and he's got these people out there. I think I mentioned a few weeks ago. There's a woman I haven't talked to in five years. Called me up, ranting and raving about how uh, how evil Biden is, and how Trump is a holy righteous man, anointed of God, <laughs> and all this other. Kind. I mean, it's just uh, these people. I, I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe they'll just smoke the stuff that they hadn't smoked yesterday. They'll finish it up today. Maybe that'll be the, the way they go forward. Yeah. Well. I, I don't know. This is just very nutsy, but these are nutsy times. All right. Thanks, Ron. I appreciate Alrighty. you, man. All right. Take care. Let me grab uh, Donnie in Middleport, then we'll grab Chris. Donnie, how you doing out there? Yeah, I'm good, trying to stay warm there. Hey, uh, <laughs> Professor, I have a question here for sure. this country we got here. Um, it's since, our country well, now, Donnie. Don't don't forget that we we yeah, all live here. Yeah, we may be we, we may all be crazy, but we all live here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we've been here since uh, fifteen fifty five. Well, fourteen ninety two. We came on the first boat, so let's not act like we're strangers. Okay, we, this is our country. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to ask the, the question here is uh, the, the, the the civilian the civilian citizens in our country. Mm-hmm. Why do we have such an appetite for lies? 
big time myths and we know it's wrong. Donnie, it's I, we, we keep having this conversation. I mean, no, mm. we're going to have it again, but we have this conversation over and over and over again. And what I keep mm. trying to get people to understand is when the things that people say to you don't make any sense at all. It doesn't stand any test of reason. There's no facts that support what they're doing. There's no rationale that supports what they're doing. Then clearly what they're saying to you is not the real reason why they're doing what they're doing. So, for example, why would somebody who lives in the sticks in Arizona, in Alabama, in West Virginia with my family up in Beckley, you know, and so on, why would they support the one-tenth of one percent top income earners in the country earning $450 billion new dollars over the course of this pandemic at the same time that the people on the bottom are losing, you know, much more than that in terms of overall income, you know, for the bottom 20 percent of the people in this country? Why, why do people continue to, to do things that are in opposition of their espoused self-interest? It's because what they say is in their self-interest out of their mouths is not what they really believe in their heart. Something else is going on inside. My belief is that what binds these people together is that they feel they are preserving America for the people that have ruled America over its entire history, preventing America from being ruled by people that they think are the new Americans, the so-called majority minority Americans, that that's what their real issue is. They won't say it out loud because it doesn't sound polite. It doesn't sound like a nice thing to say. They don't want to be branded with it. So they don't say it. But something has to be the reason why you're out here literally fist fighting to protect the interests of the top one tenth of one percent. And you're murdering, you know, the bottom 20, bottom 40 percent of the people in this country. You're just killing them. Why would you be doing that? Something has to be the reason. Yeah, because there's a number of accounts in this country in the last 120 years, even before that, that we've had National Guardsmen and federal troops kill their own people overall. Right. Coal labor, coal labor rights. Or that that Matt Wan down in West Virginia and all yep. this Ludlow, yep. I mean they were actually machine gunning people, yep. and they think this is normal. This is I don't understand is normal. And right. so I um, think that's a maybe, conversation we we need to have candid conversations about this, and these conversations have to extend across populations. You can't just have African American people talking in church with other African American people. You got to have. You know, uh, Ukrainians, you got to have Polish people, you got to have English and German, you got to have uh, uh, Native American, India uh, 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 Americans, you got to have all cross currents of people having a dialogue amongst themselves without swearing, without knocking each other upside the head. Talk this thing out. What is it? What is it that you are afraid of that's more, you're, you're more afraid of that than you are of the top one tenth of one percent? basically coming up to eventually owning 99% of the entire country. What is it that you're afraid of that, that allows you to be seduced into these behaviors and these decisions and policies that really don't support you? Why are you allowing this to occur? Hey, well, quick question here. Sure. Uh, as uh, human beings, males and females, is it that they have, uh, as, let's be gentlemen about it, they have an appetite for the others? Is that what it is? Because when we were children, We've seen the people, there was only uh, Europeans and African-Americans. Mm -hmm. Now we look like we're like a modern Rome. Everybody's mixed with everybody else. And I'm glad you said that because you have African-Americans who are prejudiced against other 
people that are others. They may not be prejudiced against Caucasian people, but they're prejudiced against somebody who comes from Armenia, somebody who comes from India, you know, and so on. You know, we, 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 we export prejudice, you know, in, in this country, right? So listen, I want to get uh, Chris on. Thanks, Donnie. I'll be talking to you soon, okay? All right. Let me grab Chris and Chitawaga. Chris, how you doing out there? much better now that the election is over. <laughs> I know. It takes all of that anxiety off you, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. I have a question for you about the um, Republicans in Georgia that are recommending that people not vote in the election because it's a rigged election. Right. Um, should we be cautiously optimistic <laughs> about these people, or is, uh, you know, what's their motivation and are we going to be taken in by it, or is it a good thing? I think it's like a trick, you know, that, that they're saying this, you know, to make the uh, uh, Republicans in uh, Georgia uh, conscious that you all didn't support Donald Trump. And because of you, you know, Donald Trump is not the president. Tis, tis, terrible. You know, they're, they're, they're saying that to try to get those people to uh, turn them, themselves toward, well, let's do everything we can to support these uh, uh, two Republican, uh, Purdue and, and La, La, whatever her name is, uh, uh, to, to support them. Uh, I think they think that that's going to somehow psychologically motivate more Republican people to actually vote. But I think it's going to work the opposite way. And I think if, if Donald Trump is coming to Georgia today, which is what I understood he was supposed to be doing, I think that's going to actually hurt the Republican Party because the Republican, or, or not the Republicans, but the, the electorate in Georgia as a whole, they didn't reject the, the Republican Party. They rejected Donald Trump. If Trump goes to Georgia, he's going to remind people that he's what they rejected in the first place. That may bring out more Democrats against Donald Trump and have fewer uh, Republicans show up for Donald Trump. I think it's a mistake that, th that they're making. I think they think they're being cute, but being cute is not going to win this election for them. Well, let's hope so. <laughs> <laughs> got my fingers crossed. Let them trick themselves, right? <laughs> right. All right. Okay, thanks, Nathan. Thanks, Chris. Talk to you soon. Let's grab Mark in Buffalo. Mark, how you doing out there? Hey, Nathan. Hey. Hey, America. You tired of winning yet? <laughs> Isn't that what he said? We're winning. <laughs> how, many, how many of these lawsuits have they, they, they won? I think there's been 41 lawsuits that they've, they've, they've made against different states uh, to get more recounts or have elections thrown out. And I think they only won one, and it was only a process vote. No, you know? but I, I'm talking about the whole country. Remember, he said, we're going to be so tired of winning. For the whole country, yeah. right. That's tired what he of said, winning right? yet, America? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Three, 300,000 people dead, whoa, and whoa. he lied about wow. it. How is he, not, how is he not culpable of negligent homicide? You know, I don't know if they could actually convict him of it, but I think in the, uh, the, 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 the court of public opinion, I think that I don't know how he was able to get 74 million votes when his behavior is what put us on the path where we have almost 300,000 dead Americans, 14 plus million Americans that are sick. We lost 40 percent of our economy for a three or four month period. But and Nathan, we still haven't recovered. About, he knew about it. Yep. He lied about it. 300,000 people are dead. Yep. How is that not criminal? Well, it should be, but I, the way that our tort laws, our, our liability laws work, I don't think that, the, that he would be convicted of that because they would be basically considered to be free speech, even if he was lying. 
it would be free speech. And, and remember, I always told you, I said, I always said we, we'd go back and forth. This, I'd say, uh, the the right wants to be lied to. They yep. love to be lied to. You said, oh, they just don't know. Nathan, the right is paying Trump to lie to them. You know, I He's tried my best what, to put... $250 million now? Yep. They're paying him to lie to them. Can you believe that? He's made more money after losing the election than he was making in uh, 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 donations to win the election. And the right wing knows he's lying to them because it's broadcast all over the news every day. And the money is going into some sort of a leadership pack so that even though it's considered to be a not-for-profit organization— that money goes into this leadership account, and he can put the money right. It's his money. Why would people do that? It just doesn't make any sense. they like being lied to. You got to be right. You got to be right. We've been going back and forth with this for years. I mean, I've tried my best to put lipstick on this pig. You've been trying to say, oh, they just don't know. Nathan, they're paying him to lie to them. Yep. And in... Uh, the, the right wing party—they just sh- the right wing party. They say no, oh no, it's the party of Trump. No, it's who they've always been. Yep, it's that's who they, they are. They showed you their butt. What did Maya Angelou tell us? She said, "When somebody tells you who they are, she said, believe them. Believe them the first time." <laughs> and did you did you did, did this 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 vaccine? Did you think did you think that this was not a grift? This is a grift. This Absolutely. is a money grab. Absolutely. This vaccine ain't coming out no time and soon. E- even all of this hullabaloo he's making about I won the election, all that, you know, huffing and puffing and what. He's just doing that to get his fan club to say, yeah, let's help Donnie. Let's help Donnie. You'll let Donnie get it. You'll, you'll be, be, be punked off like that and so on. And they're throwing this money five, ten dollars at a time. Millions of people throwing this money at him. He's just hustling these people. You don't care anything about these people. It's all he's just hustling. Hustle. This is the last grift, and he's making out. Right. He's he's making out. And this vaccine, this vaccine is another is a, is another money grab by the uh, by the, uh, 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 the the medical community. It's uh, they got the money. They already got the money. Right. And they keep it. The vaccine is always coming out in a week, in a week, in a week. It's a it's a money grab. Yep. We're in the throes, but we got to stay on. We got to stay, you know, uh, uh, what's the word? We got to stay diligent. You know, we got <laughs> we, we got to stay on top of it. Okay, Nathan, All I right. appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Talk to you soon. Let me grab Tony again. Tony, how are you doing? Can you hear me now? I can hear you, yes. Okay, I'm, I pulled the plug out. I must pull the jack out of the wall trying yeah, to get yeah, a point. Yeah, leave, leave the jack in the wall. It's it's one of the rules yeah, for making the... It, 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 it makes more <laughs> sense that way. First of all, the president claims that warp speed created these uh, great uh, vaccines. I want you, anyone out there listening to look at the November 10th, 2020 New York Times article. Pfizer, the company that first got this received not a single penny. Not a dime, for, right. For the fact of making vaccine. They will receive $1.95 billion when the vaccine is distributed. Their president is named Albert Gurula. I heard him speak on TV. Mm-hmm. They won't get... So there you go. That They didn't take a nickel. Right. They they only get paid if they make a vaccine that works and people buy the vaccine. They were not getting a grant like Donald Trump gave. I think Moderna got a piece of that money. I think um, 
was it? Several others got money right. too. Let, let me make my next point, please. And the fact of the matter is, is that we have finding that out there in the Midwest, the age group that has been hit with it is twenty to thirty years old. Twenty to thirty. Those are your primary workers. Mm-hmm. The greatest. That is a fact. Twenty yep. to thirty. Now get this: in Iowa, they are now having to ration health. Yep. They are rationing their health because for every three COVIDs that they get, the doctors are now being told by the health department to choose the one that has the best chance to live. Yep. And you. And they are still without the right PPPs. Yep. They, they don't have this equipment. So anyone that wants to tell me or anyone on this listening that this president is a DAM about people with COVID should really study the issue of you're breaking up again, Tony, so I'm going to need for you to, to, to call back and talk to Matt. There's something wrong with your connection there. But I got your point. You're right on top of it. Um, and so uh, that's what we really all have to be focusing on. Uh, and, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm not even uh, uh, so upset about Donald Trump taking some credit for the fact that a vaccine uh, has been developed as early as the vaccine had been developed. I mean, my sense is since there were billions of dollars to be made by somebody, if they could come up with a valid, uh, 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 trustworthy vaccine, that there was billions of dollars to be made by whatever pharmaceutical company came up with that vaccine. You know, I, I don't object to Donald Trump taking some credit for that because he put some money in the table to give people a incentive uh, to, uh, uh, to, uh, to make the vaccine. I'm simply saying that we would not be in the situation that we're in if we had had better coherent leadership, which we didn't get. If we had done that, we wouldn't have had so many hundred thousands of people dead right now. We wouldn't have had to constrict our economy and put ourselves in this turmoil that we have been economically, that we're going to take months, if not another year or two to get out of. That's all I'm saying. So uh, I appreciate you all participating. Look forward to talking to you all next week. Well, I'm sorry. Next week is a is a foot. No problem. We're, we're OK. Good. We'll see you all next week. I guess that game's will be played at a different time period. Uh, so we'll see you all next week here at Think Again. Think again. been listening to Think Again with L. Nathan Hare, sponsored by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. Be sure to tune in again next week at this same time for more Think Again.